Hello and welcome back to the Silver Spring and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Chapalu. The Lakers on Tuesday were officially eliminated from postseason contention for the 2021-22 season. Uh, something that we've joked about quite a bit on this show. I didn't think it would actually happen, at least not with a week left in the regular season. But here we are. Uh, Frank Vogel is still the Lakers head coach for the time being. Um, Raj, how are you doing? Doing all right. I think only one of us was joking. Uh, I was I was a little bit worried about <laughs> it. And now I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do after these next three games. I think our season is over on Sunday. So it's a long, uh, long summer ahead of us for sure. It's, yeah, I know. I know I play the heel on this show. Like I'm the pessimist, <laughs> you're optimist. But in reality, Raj was the one that legitimately thought there was a chance that we would not make the plan. And I had zero faith in the other five teams in the Western Conference. I did not think that the Spurs would try to win enough games for this to happen. What I failed to account for was that the Lakers were bad enough that it didn't matter that Spurs weren't trying to win. No, it, it didn't matter. So I want to ask. So I wanted to ask you a trivia question here. So. Okay. So Damian Lillard, this is from uh, King Tice Media, he's a friend on Twitter. Um, he's a Laker fan who hates this team as everyone else does. Sure. Uh, so Damian Lillard's last game with the Blazers was December 31st. The that Blazers, was a big win for us. That was our win. Oh, that yeah. was us. Big oh, win okay. for the Lakers, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, see, I didn't even think about that. Okay, so <laughs> the Blazers have aggressively tanked after that. I think mm-hmm. we can pretty much agree. Sabrina, they have a 14-30 and 30 record since then. I want you to just take a guess how many more wins the Lakers have or less wins the Lakers have in, in that situation. Okay. Um, in I know that time we frame. were, I know we were 21 and 21, like mid January after okay. beating the nets or something. And we are currently 31 wins. I want to say, so I'm going to guess that the Lakers have 12 wins in that time frame. The Lakers are 13 and 29 oh, so close. in that <laughs> in that time where the Blazers Sabrina, a tanking team, a team that is aggressively trying to lose is 14 and 30. I mean, they did beat us once in that stretch when they were trying to lose and we <laughs> were not. Very true. Anthony Simons had an amazing game. Uh, that's one just game. Russell Westbrook didn't play. That is just incredible. And I was thinking like to not make the top 10 in a 15 team conference where LeBron James plays 56 games where Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook is on pace to play 81 games this season like that's yeah. a, that's an accomplishment you get russell westbrook 81 games you know i think the only game he set out one game i forgot that portland game that Portland. okay yeah. wow yeah what a what a that was when we realized russell westbrook was not the problem remember <laughs> that's right okay so wow just isn't that just an incredible stat a tanking team has absolutely surpassed us um in wins in the new year i think that's just incredible to show the the failure of this season yeah i mean Like, I know that there were skeptics about how the Lakers fit would work with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and a roster full of minimums, but I feel like you have to try to be this bad, right? Absolutely. Like the the Blazers have regularly lost games by 30 some points. They have, you know, they traded away their best player in CJ McCollum, you know, best player who was playing because Dame has obviously been out since December 31st. Mm -hmm. A didn't do anything with Eric Bledsoe, who you can quibble about, like the value of Eric Bledsoe. Um, he would have been a better point guard than just about anybody in the Lakers <laughs> rotation. Um, they're not letting Yusuf Nurkic play, right? They're, they didn't let Justice Winslow or Josh Hart play. Like, I mean, you look at the guys on the Blazers roster and like, I consider myself a diehard NBA fan. Like I've had to look up several of them on a regular <laughs> basis just because they're not names that you're normally familiar with. Like Brandon Williams, like I, you could tell me that was an NBA player name. I'd probably just say like, no, that's just a regular generic name. No, that's the name of a guy. Yeah. Portland Trail Blazers. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. But yeah. But that's, yeah. that's where we are. Uh, it's, it's a shocking level of incompetence that the Lakers have displayed in the new year. And like, it feels like it's been bad the whole time. Like, because the Lakers had a really easy schedule at the start of the season and they weren't racking up wins mm-hmm. like they were supposed to, but I, I it's, I don't know. It's just, it's so bad. Like there are just no words to describe how bad it has gotten. Like I'm just numb to the badness that has been this season. It's, it's crazy. 
So we've we've started to get the articles come out, right? We've started mm-hmm. to get the leaks. Um, Eric Pincus wrote another one, I think, recently about where the Lakers go from here. We're getting right. we're gonna get all these sourcing. My only like thing, and again, this is not to play the optimist role, even though we're we're actually destroyed um this year. I don't think it's that like there were people who thought this team would be good. Like there are legitimate people, and no one thought it would be this bad. Like I understand I mean, why their over under was like fifty games. Yeah, I mean, like, so I see, you know, Kendrick Perkins, who's a, you know, a, a big TV guy. He predicted mm-hmm. them to go close to like 70 wins on ESPN with the original rosters, right? With no, with no Austin Reeves yet, with no Stanley Johnson, no oh, Wendy man. Gabriel. It was, a, he was like, he thought this team could get close to 70 wins and now is going to go on, you know, every shock show and talk about how, you know, the front office and everyone should be fired. And, you know, like, I think... I think there are, there's a middle ground there, and I think that's where the team is headed. But I just thought that was interesting. We've, we're, we've been as bad as a tanking team. We have been as bad as a team aggressively trying to lose, which is difficult. It's You have to try to do that. I mean, I think about the last Lakers team that, I guess the first post-tanking team was 2017-18 because we no longer could protect our lottery or our draft pick anymore, right? So this was mm-hmm. LeBron. This was this was a really fun Laker team. This was like Lonzo, Kuz, uh, Bi, Julius Randle, um, Javale was on, on this team. team. Right? Uh, I don't think Javale was. I think Javale oh, okay. was still on the Warriors. Um, oh, okay. This is like right, Brooke right. Lopez, you know, Brooke Larry Lopez, Nance, yes. Jordan Clarkson. This is a fun Lakers team. This is the first post tanking team. Okay. Do you remember how many wins that team had in an eighty-two game season? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was like 34. Was it 34 wins? I think it was 35 because I remember okay. Pete, Laker film room, being just super thrilled that we had hit the 35 mark because it was a big deal, right? We'd gone through these seasons where the Lakers had failed to win like 20 games, you know, and they won 35 games. And that was in large part because they were doing better and then traded Clarkson and Nance at the deadline for a first round pick and Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry and Channing Fry like immediately gets appendicitis or something can't play mm. for the rest of the season and you know Larry Nance to Isaiah Thomas is a, is a fairly big downgrade so <laughs> 35 wins for that Laker team wow this Laker team maximum can win 35 games I think I'm sorry maximum can win 34 games <laughs> So that's, that's where we are that a team without any (laughs) all-stars without LeBron James on it, head coached by Luke Walton (laughs) won 35 Uh games more than this current version of the Lakers who had the second best odds to win the NBA championship at the start of the season are going to win. It's crazy. It's it's insane, which is why, like, I read all I'm going to read all these pieces and think like, mm-hmm. you know, there were people who thought this would work. This wasn't just uh, the, people weren't sk- screaming from rooftops that have there were people who were very there, there were concerns. There Not were yes. this level of concern. no, no. Yeah. And, you know, you, you hear Anthony Davis talk at the end and he said, you know, he wishes that Kendrick Nunn and, and himself were able to uh, to play to play more. Oh my games. Gosh. So. So I had an idea for this podcast beforehand and that required me going, you know, through some old like sure. recaps and such, you know, to find some, some moments. And there was one, I was going through like the archives of Sliver Screen and Roll and like, I'm in the, the beginning of January of this year. And there's a okay. the title just says like Kendrick Nunn close to return. And I was just like, when was this written? <laughs> <laughs> like is this a report from the future like is i might am i in january of 2023 or something is kendrick nunn finally nearing his return uh dear god i mean i i was live for the last kendrick nunn game i was there in person like how he i saw him play it was oh, real in the like, preseason right? yes he, we played this the nets and the suns i believe and i think he played in both of those our um, sterling owen six preseason that you know <laughs> Instilled some doubts into Frank Vogel, according to that Bill Orem sit down that they had in the athletic. Did it? I mean, we the rested habits all our were guys. not there all season. <laughs> no, they no, they weren't. But yeah, it's just not. what a what a terrible wait, what a anticlimactic ending, Sabrina. I wanted I wanted more you wanted like Suns. 
I was ready that Rod during that New Orleans. wanted the four game 85 plus point sweep by the hands of the Suns. I wanted to tweet, bring me Phoenix. Like I was bring ready for Phoenix. that. Yeah. yeah. And I never got the chance. We not only did we lose. Oh, the like New bring me game. Thanos. Yeah. We got to love the Avengers references. <laughs> That was not an Avengers reference, but yes, yeah, sure, oh, sure. <laughs> I need to watch more of that, but uh, that's how I feel, yeah. that's how I feel about it. <sighs> yeah. Uh, this is where the Lakers stand. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to dissect all of the, the blame. And we've spent a lot of time since you and I became podcast partners talking about where the blame lies, because frankly, since the moment you and I became podcast partners at the end of January, uh, the Lakers have, have failed to win consecutive games. Um, as you noted, they have won fewer games than the Portland Trailblazers. Maybe not in that specific, you know, stretch sure. because we're not counting January there. But we've spent plenty of time talking about how bad the Lakers are, and you know, the, the name of this podcast is "I Love Basketball," and I have to believe that there were certain moments during this Lakers season that were enjoyable for you and I and many other Laker fans to watch. So, because there is plenty of time, a full off season, no playoffs, a full off season worth of time to talk about what went wrong, how the Lakers are going to fix it, who deserves the blame. We will get to that. I promise. I just wanted to spend today going, you know, player by player on the Lakers roster and highlighting your favorite memory from the 21, 22 season, because I can't imagine many more are going to come in the next three games. So this is probably a good time to go over it. Um, and so what I did is I just went on basketball reference. I think everyone who played more than five games for the Lakers just to clear out like the Isaiah Thomases and Shondi Browns of the world. <laughs> Darren Collison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Darren Collison. Right? <laughs> that was this season. Man. That was this <laughs> season. <laughs> I've made multiple references to Isaiah Thomas as a Laker in this podcast, which is not even the worst thing that happened this season. But yeah, there we are. Anyway, um, so I figured we could just go back and forth. You know, I'll start at the but we can start at the top of the list. Um, okay. And just sort of sort of go up and down. You know, rotate back and forth. Uh, sure. The player who played the most minutes for the Lakers this season, which I, I think is, for me, I had a really hard time picking out my favorite memory from Russell Westbrook. But what, what was it for you, Raj? My favorite memory, I guess, of Russell Westbrook, which is, this is such a long season, and he played the most games, right? I think he's, he's the only, only guy. only missed to, one game. Only missed one game. I think he's the only guy to do that. I think my favorite moment was the... Miami game I think uh, LeBron set out Um, it was still early in the year everyone still had some hope you know that maybe the team can kind of build towards something Mm -hmm. and I thought he had his best game he had his moment in LA as a lot of people called it during that time he got us a win I think Miami lost Jimmy Butler in the second half of that game yeah Uh, he came out pretty early but Russ hit a turnaround fadeaway mid-range jumper to to ice the game which was probably a bad omen for like the rest of the year but (laughs) it was it was amazing that night and uh it was a fun night I think Russ had a few like good game moments like as he Mm -hmm. would during the season uh with the amount of volume of shots he takes there's gonna be games where they go in or or he has his gaudy numbers um and that was one of them that was that was my favorite Russ moment my favorite Russ moment was probably the press conference when he uh announced that he was coming to the Lakers oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) It was so happy. And he was talking about KCAL nine. And I was, yes, this is like a a guy who grew up when I did, but no, um, Russ had some really good games against the the Spurs this year. I thought those were probably his Mm -hmm. best. Uh, I think the two in San Antonio or there was one in San Antonio, one in LA, but, um, one of them was when LeBron was sitting and you just sort of like got the template of like, LeBron was also sitting in the Miami game, but like, I think the Spurs game came earlier. Uh, We're just, okay. Like one star down, Russ is going to pick up the slack puts up a triple double, like is mildly efficient, you know, just carries the day against a team who I thought was going to be worse than the Lakers ended up being wrong about that. But that's, that's where I landed with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Rough, rough year, but I gave up some moments. I, we, I think we both agree. Russ is probably not here next year. So it was a, probably a one year, one year boat ride uh, yeah. with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You're not if a head coach Rajon Rondo comes in, he's not, not going to suffer. <laughs> oh, Russell Westbrook no. time. Oh no. Is Vogel the defensive assistant there? I he hope can't be. He's... He can't be. Um, but <laughs> in all seriousness, like just a, a brief aside, I would have zero problem with Rajon Rondo being the head coach of the Lakers next year. If it means we don't have to go back into the well of like Doc Rivers or Mike Brown or um, anybody else who has Laker experience, like God forbid Kurt mm-hmm. Rambis stepping onto the sidelines. Like, I don't want any of that. I don't want like Derek Fisher to get a chance here. 
I would love to try somebody new who we don't have experience of him sucking. Like that'd be cool. I think Rondo would be an interesting choice, but again, plenty yeah. of time to talk about next season in the future. Uh, next up on our list, second most minutes on the Lakers this year is LeBron James. Uh, Raj, a few to choose from here, I think. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of LeBron moments. Uh, I went with the 50 point like week that he had um, of just damn absolutely. It, I did same. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the most memorable to me of him. Mm-hmm. I think it was still just him caring a lot. Uh, I'm not sure how much he was 100%, but just dropping 50 uh, on the Warriors as well. That was 56 probably my fa- on the 56 on the Warriors. That was probably my favorite game like we watched. We got to beat the Warriors and get a win. That was important. I think that was my favorite, maybe my favorite game of the season. Just LeBron. It was an Oracle too, right? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? I think the one we won was in LA, but okay, I can't remember. Okay. I don't know why I think it's an Oracle, but I remember You'd just right. him getting right. I remember him getting uh, a huge win on the Warriors. That was fun. LeBron, I hope he has enough in the tank for next year. Like I have no clue what's left, but I'm hoping, uh, but it was fun to watch him. He was, I separated this season from LeBron, if that makes sense. Like, I think like oh, I LeBron, totally did. Yeah. yeah, LeBron had a year and then the Lakers had a year and they just happened to be on the same team for this, for this season. But yeah. LeBron was, <laughs> LeBron was <laughs> incredible. <laughs> that is uh, such a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done my very best to just try to appreciate what LeBron has done. I mean, just just so many like individual moments. I mean, the shots that he hit against Toronto, the shots that he hit against mm-hmm. Cleveland, um, that win against the Nets in Brooklyn, uh, just so many moments of individual dominance and brilliance and like somehow not enough to carry this team to a 10 seed, but <laughs> that's the West for you. Uh, now <laughs> I, I like, I like that idea that LeBron had a season and the Lakers had a season and they happened to happen at the same time. That's really good. I mean, 37 years old, 56 points against the Warriors. That's, that's really good. It's really good. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's going to win the scoring title because I think even LeBron has too much pride to come back for two games after the Lakers have been eliminated from the playoffs. But like, I wish he would. I don't think there's, you want him to come that. back. Right? I want him to come back, like come out against the Oklahoma city thunder <laughs> with their Isaiah Robies and, you know, Vit Kreshkis and whoever happens to be suiting up for the thunder at this particular moment and put up another, you know, double nickel. Like, let's, <laughs> let's do something fun. <laughs> I don't Wouldn't think it look worse. let him have it. I don't think Embiid's going to let him have it. Yeah. Wouldn't it look worse though, if he came back and then like, let's say we lose to OKC and then he also just does not get the scoring title. So you just brought LeBron back, just wasted. Yeah, you know, I, I also think games. that he's like legitimately hurt on that ankle and probably should come back. So. <laughs> yeah. Rest up LeBron. Yeah, rest 80 up, though. Um, I hope 80 plays 80. You know, agreed. I, like it. I do hope 80 plays. Um, <laughs> all right. Next up on our list. Uh, most minutes of the season is Malik Monk. Raj, if I had told you at the start of the season that third most minutes on the Lakers would have been played by Malik Monk, would you take that as a good sign or not? I would not. No, I was not. I was not as high on the Malik Monk edition as a lot of people were. Were you? uh, Were you high on the Malik Monk edition when when I liked that we signed a young player? Um, But I mean, it just doesn't doesn't do anything for us going forward, right? Like we have no method of retaining him unless he chooses to take a steep discount, or we have to use our exception, like. I don't know. It just was a way for him to rehab his value without doing anything for us. Like I have bemoaned the Lakers signing players to one-year contracts. Basically since I started writing for silver screen and roll, I think I have a piece dating back to 2016 or 17 that goes <laughs> um, that just lays out the whole history of us doing that. But Hey, I I've enjoyed the Malik Monk experience, even if it ends in three games. Um, he has been a lot of fun to watch play basketball. I don't know he how has. much it contributes to winning. I still am unclear if Malik Monk is a winning basketball player. But he is damn fun. He is. Yeah. So I guess like for what I wrote down from Link Monk, it was less on basketball. It was like his friendship with Austin Reeves. I thought it's mm. just amazing. And I thought their two connection on the floor was one of the few bright spots. A lot of our wins, actually, if you go back and look like he has like 30 or like 28 in them mm-hmm. because we just don't have other guys who can score yeah. like that. So like yeah. when we win games, it's off Malik Monk scoring 30. And mm-hmm. I think most people when he signed thought like, 
yeah, he's a microwave scorer who like who can put up 30, but he's he's gonna be inconsistent as a minimum guy does. He's just too important for this team. And I think that shows why our record is where the we're the 10 seed or or 11 seed, sorry, for the 11 yeah, seed because that, he's just too important. That Miami game that you mentioned earlier with Russ, like Monk was great in that game too. Yeah. Um, super big off the bench, hit some crazy shots down the end of regulation and overtime. Uh, his pick and roll partnership with Anthony Davis is something I wish we could have seen more of because yeah. I honestly think he's the best pick and roll guard that we've had with AD in the three years that AD has been here, um, mm-hmm. which is like damning with faint praise in a way, but like, <laughs> I love that partnership. Um, and it just sucks that AD was never healthy enough to really lean into it because the games where we got to like play Monk and AD together, that was just a really dynamic offensive combination. So you know, maybe we'll get an extra. Who knows? <laughs> Hopefully. Um, if you thought that Monk being three on this list was bad, uh, wait till you hear number four on this list. That was one Carmelo Anthony. Oh no! <laughs> who was playing way too many minutes for way the too many minutes. Um, but it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Uh, what what sticks out to you in a positive way from Carmelo this year, Raj? I think, you know, Carmelo was the most professional, like, mm-hmm. Laker, I guess. Like, I never watched the game and thought Carmelo was uh, was mailing it in. And to me, like, Carmelo's impact was at home. Like, uh, anyone who yeah. went to home. Staples home, Center uh, Mellow. The minute Staples. we changed the name, like, that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Staples or Crypto. Uh, he absolutely not only, like, you know, Russell Westbrook said he doesn't notice the crowd. Carmelo absolutely, like, lives in the crowd. Like, every jumper is a look to the crowd. Every ju- every jumper he makes, he lives off the energy of it. And I thought there was a connection between L.A. and Carmelo, like, in terms of just the fan base. They loved him, even though he, you know, couldn't defend and all the other issues. I always thought he played hard. Uh, and he made some big shots. He was, like, our shot maker. And he closed all these – a bunch of games. He had a bunch of clutch threes um i think he had one to send to overtime i forgot exactly what game it was but uh he had a he had a bunch of like clutch threes and he was he was big he just again another player that's just too important on this <laughs> team like he's he's like thir- he's also 37 38. also 37 yeah or also 37 i believe yeah, he's just... older than lebron James. <laughs> <laughs> right so it's just he's just too important for this team but i had fun watching carmelo i think it'll be interesting if they if they bring him back uh but uh he yeah, was, I'd he say was a like fun the, watch. the first 20 games of Mello before Frank decided to play him at backup center were just a delightful <laughs> time. Um, so many just hot streaks, like you said, at yeah. Staples Center. The crowd absolutely loved him, just got so into it whenever he came off the bench. I remember the first Laker game I went to in person this year. Um, just like he he just gets up to the scorer's table and the places lighten up, yeah. you know. And it was nice to have that like vibe that like happiness for some guy on the Lakers. And like you said, just you know, a couple of really good really good games where his scoring kept us in it. I mean, I'm not sure if like his scoring outweighed like the other other side of the court, but yeah. Um, I think about that Memphis game at the start of the year where he had a really big scoring night and like, mm-hmm. I mean, he does end up fouling John Morant on a three pointer to potentially give Memphis a tie, chance to tie at the end, which thankfully John didn't make all the free throws, but like, you know, nice, nice moments yeah. for Carmelo Anthony. Uh, do you think he comes back to the Lakers? I, you know, I, I think he wants to come back and I think, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure uh, really. I mean, I don't think he's going to get a bigger payday, I guess. Like, would you, would you think he's like, I don't think he's earned a bigger contract. I feel like he returns, but my only issue is that like, and I think I've told you this, I feel like we were whoever, whatever the coach is, uh, I'm pretty sure it won't be Frank Vogel. It's still going to treat him like 2011 Carmelo Anthony, which like, like, I don't know. We just can't run our second unit offense through him. That's the problem. But he's Carmelo Anthony. Like we don't have to, to, though. You can just treat him as a spot up shooter, and he's going to be thirty eight years old, and he'll just say, "Okay, that's fine. I'm playing basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. No big deal." Like I think Melo's okay with that. I think the ship has sailed. I don't think we need to treat him like a star anymore. He's been like in a minimum role for the last three years. Like I don't, I don't think you need to assuage his ego anymore. Like we're past that. It's over. Okay. I think. Yeah. I mean. I'd be fine bringing think- Melo back. I just think that you need obviously players around him to support <laughs> his deficiencies. Like when you play Melo next to Wayne and Gabriel, I'm all for it. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, let's do more of that. But, yeah. yeah, we can get Olympic Melo, you know, space Give me the floor. 18 minutes of Melo in a game, and I think that's perfectly fine. 15, yeah. But 15, yeah. okay. You know, that's <laughs> one or the other. One or the other. Yeah. 
All right. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the the next 10 Lakers on this list. It's about to be a sad list. <laughs> All right. We're back on I Love Basketball where we're actually celebrating the 21-22 Lakers season, which is something that not many people I think are going to do. So let's just go on about it. Uh, Raj, if you had to guess who played the fifth most minutes on the Lakers this season, what would be your guess? Ooh, okay. So we've already went through LeBron, Russ. Uh, all right. Carmelo. All right. Let me think. Is it Avery Bradley? He's six. Oh, okay. I would have guessed him. <laughs> all right. I don't think it's Austin Reeves. It's not. It? Okay. Dwight Howard? No, no. Oh, okay. Not Dwight either. Oh, that's interesting. Not not really sure who's who would be next on there. It's Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh wow, he played that. I did not with... remember him playing that much at all. He was completely not memorable to me during this season. I had the hardest time figuring out a moment that I liked of Taylor Horton Tucker because honestly, he just blends in. Like I remember being in the Slack every so often saying, like, not such a great Taylor game. Oh, Taylor looks frisky today. And like but nothing that really has wedged into my memory. And that's crazy to me that he's the fifth most minutes. Like if you told me at the start of the season, that THT played the fifth most minutes on this Lakers roster, I'd be like, yeah, great. He should be, you know, like he's our backup initiator off the bench, like Mm -hmm. got a little wing size. Like he's the kind of player we should be investing in. And yet I don't remember any of it. (laughs) Like it was so hard for me to think of THT moments. Uh, what I settled on was he had a really good game against the wizards when Braun also mm-hmm. had that 50 piece and he had that dunk on Kyle Kuzma. Nice dunk. Um, just, I don't know. I feel like Taylor regressed this year. Like his two point percentage was way down. Um, there, I just haven't been like as happy with Taylor as I was since like January of last year. So, you know, but, but what, what stuck out for you from Taylor? So do, you, so do you remember? So when we started the year, we didn't have mm-hmm. any guards, right? And we blame that because THT no wings, was hurt. No wings. No wings. And we didn't have THT, which was supposed to be a big part of the team. Oh, right. THT, and we didn't have like Ellington was hurt. And yes. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and then THT returned for, I think, before we played Boston and mm-hmm. AD came, or LeBron came back against Boston. But we had three games before that. He had like three. He looked really great. nice. Great. You're right. Oh, we got a star. A nice stretch. Yeah. I thought we added a star. I was oh so God, excited. I like totally forgot about that. I think he had like 20 in all three or close to 20 in all three. And we were like, oh, and like you had this guy was working. That's the right. jumper was going. It wasn't just jumpers. It was like the step back pull ups oh that he has, you know, that look clean. And then I we played completely Bo- forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And then we played Boston mm-hmm. and LeBron returned. But then that same game, Vogel decided, I think, to go back to DeAndre Jordan if I remember correctly, and very oh, badly that game. Um, and then THT pretty much never really had his moment after that. Uh, LeBron returned. He never got a unit to himself. Vogel always played him next to Russ um, or next to LeBron. I thought playing him next to Russ made no sense all year. I still think there's something there, though, right? So we're like one bad year. I haven't given up on him. He's 21. Okay. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of things that I like out of him. I still think the ability to get into the paint, even on the spacing challenged roster that he was playing with for so much of the season, it's still mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. He shot better on free throws this year. So I believe that, you know, the shooting stroke can improve. Just he was not put in a position to succeed at all this year. No. And like all of the, the THT Westbrook lineups and I mean, and like no, no big to really play pick and roll with because like, Dwight can barely jump and 80 wasn't healthy. And, you know, I, I believe, I just think that the Lakers need to optimize his conditions a little bit better next year. I, I think it's crazy that like DJ Augustine has passed him in the rotation. You know, like, I think that's an insane thing. And you watch the games we're in game 80 and just watch T like take a possession and just watch THT. He looks absolutely lost, has no clue like where he should be. Mm-hmm. And when he gets the ball, he gets this like energy, like, oh, it's my turn. Like, you know, it's my turn to drive. And it's why you see him do the crazy drive, throw up the left hand, you know, hope to get fouled or, or mm-hmm. get to the rim. He just has no clue when his time is. And I think that's crazy in, in game 80 that he absolutely just doesn't know his role offensively. He doesn't know if he's supposed to be LeBron or if he's supposed to be Austin Reeves. Like he doesn't know like where to fit into there. Um, and 
it's I hope next year there's a little bit more clear defined role like if TC mm-hmm. was supposed to have this big of a portion of your rotation don't bring in six other guards you know like yeah like, give, <laughs> like <laughs> try to try to uh build out the roster a little bit more balanced uh and and Kendrick Nunn as well who's going to be back but uh, yeah I, I sort of like analogize it to Kuz's third year where he comes mm-hmm. in injured and sort of falls a little bit behind and then yeah. never quite figures it out. But Kuz had the benefit of the big break before the bubble where, you know, the Lakers sort of got to recalibrate and fit him in. And obviously that never happened for Talon. And then he was playing in games now that really didn't matter. And it looked like the Lakers <laughs> didn't care that they were winning those games. So, um, yeah, I, I still believe. I, I think there is, there's a lot of talent there. I, I'm still bummed that he's only under contract for one more season, like, and then can choose to become a free agent, which is silly. But, you know, you do you, Ridge Ball. Um, but that's – I I like Talon, and I'm, I'm glad he's going to be on the team next year. I mean, I don't actually know if he's going to be on the team next year. He's probably the, the best trade asset that the Lakers still have. Uh, but – I remember asking, like, would you move THT for Miles Turner or Jeremy Grant or – Oh, I would. You know, no, no, no. Those were the questions that were, like, legitimate, yeah. you know, early in the year. And now, like, I don't think you're in those would conversations. Would you move with... THT to help get off of Russell Westbrook's contract? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was number five. Number six, name you mentioned earlier, Avery Bradley. Not really that surprising that he was sixth in minutes because he is clearly the one person Frank Vogel still likes on the Slayers <laughs> roster. Um, I just want to reiterate that ever since Avery Bradley's contract was guaranteed on January 7th, the Lakers have not won consecutive games since then. I want to point that out. I don't know that it's causation or even correlation, but it is it is relevant. <laughs> um, and I never could have seen that coming because I actually thought Avery was pretty decent when, uh, when that contract was guaranteed. I don't know if he like was just fooling the Lakers up until that point, if we were playing better and thus he looked better um, because he was playing in a more cohesive winning environment. I don't really know. The weirdest thing though, is like when you look at Avery Bradley's like game scores on basketball reference, when he plays well, the Lakers almost always win. Like, you look at like Westbrook's and like his good games are not necessarily correlated with the Lakers winning. Like there's not a strong relationship there, but Avery, like 13 out of his best 15 games, all wins. Like you just need some measure of competence from that guy. And the Lakers turn into a juggernaut. Um, I just keep thinking back to opening night, you know, when the Lakers put him in the fourth quarter and like, he instantly knows the offense already because he had played for Frank Vogel before he hits those two threes. It's like, Oh, Hey, this is a guy who can actually play for us. And then probably played too much going forward. Uh, the day his contract was guaranteed was when the Lakers beat uh, the Hawks that day. I thought he actually did a really decent job guarding Trey Young that day. He went mm-hmm. off offensively. Um, Trey Young is probably like the best case scenario, honestly, for a guy like Avery Bradley to guard because he's small enough for Avery to keep in front of. And then he's also super ball dominant. So he doesn't have to worry about like, you know, navigating screens and stuff like that. Cause that's just not a very Avery Bradley thing to do. Um, unfortunately it, it peaked, you know, on January 7th, but like, that god forbid avery bradley is back on the season on this team next season i just want to remember him as that guy <laughs> like the avery <laughs> challenge defensive guy i don't want to think of anything after that did did they wait till january 7 to um to guarantee I think they did the it on the sixth really okay because he started like every game he played i believe this year he started every single game that he played like if he doesn't play he usually gets a dmp no remember. he comes off the bench Oh, he did? Okay. He does. But he started a lot of games early. He did start a lot of games, about like 75%, I would say. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I remember they said he only started because Kendrick Nunn got hurt, which, you know, is a story you can tell. I just, I'm not, I don't buy Lakers never figured out their two guard this year, which is shocking considering (laughs) how many combo guards are on this roster. (laughs) Shocking. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, my... I still think Avery Bradley is like a useful NBA player, but he can't play on a team that doesn't respect defense like around him. Like he, Mm -hmm. like he can't be on that team. He needs to be on a team that's all engaged, rowing in the same direction. Like, I think he does a fine job on John Morant as well. Who's one of the best players in the league. Not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) Well, like if you have a system. Two years ago, he did a fine job on John Morant. (laughs) Well, like Avery's already outgrown him. For sure. I mean, as well as you can. Obviously, jaw averages. I looked at. I didn't realize that jaw averages about seventy five points against the Lakers. <laughs> I, 
for sure. But I, I looked the other day, and I was like, they said like Jaw's been averaging like 29 a game since for for a while. From uh, I forgot what what date it was, but that's pretty shocking. I didn't know Jaw was scoring at that rate. But like Avery, you know, he'll do what you tell him, and I think that fits a Vogel kind of scheme. Like if you tell tell Avery to like send you right or like to weak a screen, like he'll do that. He'll push you into a big. But he's not gonna play on a team that you know switches lazily, that you know doesn't help, doesn't tag, sends doesn't... weird traps, <laughs> <laughs> sends traps for no reason. Uh, so he's responsible for some of those traps. <laughs> I, will say. I don't think there's any you know direction with this team. So yeah. I, uh, he's probably back. If it, but I mean, if Vogel's not the coach, I don't think he's back next year. I think that was a Vogel saying, "Hey, just give me every Bradley so we can I can stem the tide until Kendrick Dunn comes back and." That never happened. Avery, Avery Bradley started this last game, right? Our most important games of the season. Avery Bradley, Bradley has played 62 games this season. That is fourth most. <laughs> that is so high. I would did not expect that to so be that high. many games. <laughs> All right, enough about Avery Bradley. Okay, next up on this list, number seven on the Lakers in minutes is where it really turns to shit is Anthony Davis. Um, should not have been seventh on the team in minutes. It makes me sad just to look at that on the list. The stretch when AD came back from the first injury before he got hurt against Utah was some of my favorite Anthony Davis basketball. That game that he had against the Knicks on national television, that Saturday night marquee, outstanding in that game. Uh, The game where he had the almost buzzer beater against the Clippers, outstanding in that game. Um, Mm -hmm. That was, I think, like the peak of that Malik Monk AD pick and roll partnership because for so many games against the Clippers, we have unsuccessfully tried to feed AD the ball in the post and it never works because Ty always sends doubles at AD in the post. <laughs> Finally realized a little pick and roll action, AD absolutely crushed them. But again, the only guy who could credibly run pick and roll with AD was Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. Besides the point, um, that little stretch of basketball for AD when I'm not even sure if he was ready to come back, but he did because he hated the idea of him being you know, labeled as this guy who could never play which I think is what he's doing now too. And he clearly looks like he's in pain, but he's still playing because he wants to play basketball. Um, I Zach Lowe predicted on his podcast earlier this week that 80 is going to have a revenge season next year. I really hope he's right because he's so good. He's so good. So good. I miss him. I miss him. Yeah. So like when you told me about this for 80, I wrote down um, 80 is still AD, which mm-hmm. I think was the most important thing for me to see. And which is why I want him to continue playing. I know it's funny for a guy who's, you know, won everything you could win in the league to carry momentum on meaningless games. But I think it matters. I think it matters for AD to go into mm-hmm. next year, still believing like he's that guy. And you could tell he's broken down and all that from this. He's 29. Like this is, Not you even know, yet. Oh, he's not 29 yet. I or is he, turned, he just turned 29? I'm sorry. Yeah, he just turned. Yeah, yeah, last just month. Turned I'm sorry. Sorry. But Serena, I'm seeing Jokic in MVP talks. I'm seeing Joel Embiid in MVP talks. I'm seeing Giannis in MVP. Like, AD is in that tier of player. Like, that's mm-hmm. where he's supposed to be. That's where his throne sits next to those guys. He's I not agree. supposed to. He's not supposed to be in the top 10 to 15 next to guys like, you know, no disrespect, but like, you know, Devin Booker, Paul George. Like, those are like to me, top 10 to 15 guys. I think that I think we top... saw him go toe to toe with Nikola Jokic in the conference finals two years ago, like and win yeah. and win. He was really I good. Don't if he, I don't know if he outplayed him, but like it was it was pretty close. I think I think they both had we saw him single handedly bust the Houston Rockets system. Uh, we saw him just ruin Damian Lillard with his pick and roll coverages mm-hmm. like. We we need to make sure like right now, if just watching even 80 at 70, 80 percent, the canyon size gap between 80 at 70, 80% and whoever other non LeBron forward center big, is, yeah. <laughs> is, is way too big. Like that gap is going to be big anyway, because it's Andy Davis, but it can't be this. It can't like, it can't be Carmelo, your backup five. If 80 is your center like that, that can't be what happens yeah. next year. But yeah, 80 still 80. That was my take from this season. Uh, it was a blur really like his games, like they would come in little stretches, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd have like a week and then get hurt and then have like, He's going to play 38 games if he comes back 39 games. So he's currently at 40 games, 40 games. Okay. So he could get to half if he plays okay. tomorrow night or, you know, does, any of the other games. Does it feel like he's played 40 games though? Like I can't it remember. Doesn't... I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like I just, I don't I remember 40 games. I only remember the stretch <laughs> that I was just talking about. Like I was talking to my brother about this earlier today and he's like, remember when LeBron was hurt at the start of the season and 80 had that mm-hmm. nice stretch on the road. And I was like, no, I really don't. <laughs> 
he's looking at a really good game against uh who was it um i don't even know but like some good game against the hornets i think he said uh like a big mm. game against the knicks earlier in the year and i was just like no yeah. i have no recollection of any of these things happening um it's like didn't lebron play against the hornets and i was like no lebron sat that game against the hornets the one that went into overtime uh early in the year at home mm-hmm. Remember that was like a thing in the Lakers season where like all these games unnecessarily going into overtime. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. It feels just like a different lifetime. Like mm-hmm. I missed that Laker team, the one that just messed around with their food, not this one that is losing <laughs> more games than the Portland Trailblazers. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, hopefully he comes back. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Anthony Davis. Uh, next up, we have Austin Reeves. Nice. I think the most objectively positive thing about the 21-22 Lakers is Austin Reeves. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, him getting DMPs almost felt disrespectful <laughs> to, like, every Laker fan out there. Like at, least, like, at least on Twitter or anywhere. It was just like, how could you? We are playing awful. Why is Austin Reeves the guy losing? But he's, he's been great. His game winner will stick with me forever. That was great moment. Was great beautiful. Moment. Russell Westbrook, probably his best play, drives, kicks yeah. out. Austin Reeves open the whole team screams and hugs him. Mm-hmm. And then I think we all got COVID the day after. Probably, yeah, but... right after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right after that game Immediately afterwards, everybody got COVID. <laughs> you could uh, just see the transmission happening in real time. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the Caruso comparisons went too far. And I am as guilty of them as anyone because literally like 1920 Caruso doesn't play in the first game we lose. And then in the second game, they start him at halftime at, in the second half, right. Mm-hmm. In place of uh, JaVale against Utah, against mm-hmm. Utah and everything goes swimmingly. And I was thinking about that with Reeves this year, because he doesn't play in the first game against golden state second game, then bring him in the second half against Phoenix. We make the fake comeback, but like, we look like we're playing real basketball. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Austin Reeves. He's a part of our identity now. And I, I do feel like that was the case throughout the entire season. Like when Austin was on the court, that was when we were the best versions of ourselves. Like we looked like yeah. we had the right, energy defensively, the right level of speed and transition, um, just the movement that he had on offense is just attacking mentality all the time. Like that guy has some hard falls when he attacks the basket, like he gets Mm -hmm. clobbered um, and he just keeps going over and over and over again. And he's got some weird finishing around the rim. Like I'll bring you that, but just the way I wanted the Lakers to play this year was embodied by Austin Reeves. And it's, I think it's cool that he has like, I think the most iconic moment of the season, which is that game winner against Dallas. I yeah, forgot about the no. COVID part of it. <laughs> That's yeah, like I remember. even more emblematic of this season. <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be our big, well, I mean, the Mavs didn't have Luca. They didn't have Luca. I know. So, that's a big part, but Jalen Brunson played so incredible. so many then. things on my list that reference that Dallas game. And I'm just like, I can't believe the moment of the season was the Lakers beating a Luca list Dallas team. Brunson did a pretty good impression that night. Brunson's but good. I like Jalen yeah, Brunson a lot. Yeah. But Austin you know, Reeves, like, now that the Lakers m- are not in the postseason, I find myself easily rooting for Dallas. Oh, I think, yeah, I think they, they have a chance. They're probably my second, third. I mean, anybody but Phoenix, team. really. <laughs> I'm so tired of the Suns. The Suns who brought their entire lineup to come shit on the Lakers and are not playing anybody against the Clippers today. Did you think we had a chance? We were down six at halftime. Did no, you I think there was, <laughs> it was over. Yeah. No. If, if they had played the lineup that they're playing currently against the Clippers where they're starting uh, Landry Shamit, Cameron Payne, Mikhail Bridges, Tory Craig and Bismack Biombo, Like, yeah, we could beat that lineup. Are you sure? I think I'm we not... could beat that lineup. I believe in that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we would have found sure. a way to lose that one too. Uh, next up, number nine on the Lakers in minutes this season, player who did not start the season with the Lakers won Stanley Johnson, Stanley Johnson. Uh, for me, this one was really easy. Just Stanley Johnson poning Rudy Gobert in those Utah games. Just great, great stuff. Really, really great stuff. Yeah, I, I remember it. So I, what I wrote down next to Stanley was LeBron at center because I think that is just what that opened up, which mm-hmm. probably should have told you how bad the season was going to go if you, know, if you needed LeBron at center for that many minutes. But like, yeah, we started, I think we went like two and two or something or or when, when we went to LeBron no, at center. it was pretty bad because 
didn't Stanley come like on Christmas when we got in the midst of that five game losing streak or. Right. I, I don't know why I remember we played some bad teams before, after oh, that. Oh, so maybe. I think we did LeBron at center without Stanley Johnson first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And then we did go came. five and oh, I believe in that stretch, but it was like, <laughs> okay. Or four and oh or something, but it was like really bad teams. Um, yeah. So yeah. my favorite Stanley moment though, was, uh, I believe it was Christmas. Uh, we, when mm-hmm. we had uh, Stanley on James James Harden. Yeah. And I thought that was just fun. A guy who competed, uh, mm-hmm. was picking up full court. We lost. But, you know, I thought he played really hard. And I thought you know he would be a big part of the team, which, again, says a lot of the roster. But yeah. I, I enjoyed Stanley. Like, he might have been my second, like, guy I enjoyed behind Austin Reeves. Like, I think he was just super enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I just, the defensive effort, you know, finally a guy who, like, kind of looked like a stopper out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Handle the ball wing size, you know, made some interesting decisions in the half court. Like I really enjoyed watching the Lakers play in those Utah games. Like he was just relentless, like, you know, realizing that he had that quickness advantage against Rudy and going after it. And and then took him like another two weeks to earn the contract because the Lakers were just trying to save money. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Hometown guy. Like I hope he's back guy. Yeah. He, so he's technically under contract for next season. It is Mm non-guaranteed. So I don't trust the Lakers to actually keep it. (laughs) But hey, you know, Stanley Johnson, good, good times with the Lakers. It just sucks that his time had to come like in this season. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. These next few, I think are going to go much faster because they're, they're blah. Um, Next up we have Dwight Howard. Yeah. Um, This was not the Dwight Howard (laughs) that we had, you know, this is not even close. Uh, This was a, player that was looked pretty dejected for mm-hmm. I think a lot of the season uh did not look engaged um was really our only center for for a lot of it uh our only actual NBA center mm-hmm. I don't think DeAndre Jordan was a real Correct. center for very much time uh and again Dwight I think is a guy who kind of feeds off the rest of the team in a way like mm-hmm. I thought he was the energy plug for 2020 but I think yep. they both kind of fed off each other uh this year was just it was rough to watch. Um, and I think he kind of was, he kind of represented to me. We actually, we obviously don't have eyes in the locker room, but I mm-hmm. think he kind of represents what the locker room vibe that was. Morale if you watch. shift, right? Yeah. yeah. Watch, just watch Dwight Howard play. And it just looks like a guy who's um, trying to clock in and out of his, you know, 20 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my favorite Dwight moment from this year was when uh, we had that game in Sacramento and DeAndre started. And he oh, yes. screwed up so badly that Frank pulled in within like the first four minutes and Dwight was told that he wasn't going to play that game because, you know, we had that center timeshare timeshare and Dwight has to come in right away because DJ is unplayable mm-hmm. and he just goes in and like just beasts, you know, just ready to go. Um, and like the Lakers end up winning by like 20 or something. They have that huge, you know, second half swing, but it was just like, like you said, how like Mello was a professional, like that was, that was Dwight being professional, right? Like he was yeah. told he was not going to be in the rotation and then just immediately the plans change and he's ready to contribute and looked really good. Uh, and I just, I hate that, like, you know, we were expecting the same Dwight and it clearly was not the same Dwight and his role was yanked, you know, because for some reason we thought that other bigs on the roster were better than him, which was clearly not the case. Like nobody was better than him other than Anthony Davis among the bigs, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, uh, like, I'm going to remember Dwight as 1910, 20 Dwight, like not at all. You know, this one, um, clearly he didn't like the team as much as he liked the 1920 team. Nobody <laughs> liked the team as much as the 1920 team. Um, but you know, he was, he was ready. Like there were a couple games within the past two weeks when like he came in, started at center and like puts up 24 on the Sixers and like, we're in it against Joel and beating the Sixers for like a good yeah. chunk of that game. Uh, puts up big numbers against Rudy in that Utah game, just like last week, even though the Lakers ended up losing that one, like yeah, maybe he wasn't the same guy, but he was professional. He was good to go like once every two, three games. And like for a minimum center, right. like that's, that's fine. That's fine. Like we did not over rely on Dwight Howard. And I think that's what allows me to appreciate his contributions. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't, but I think, you know, he was still so important because we didn't have another big, like yeah. especially when 80 went out, we had no yeah, backup crazy. center. It was crazy. DeAndre Jordan. So a stupid roster we assembled. <laughs> um, next up. All right. Just rapid fire now. Wayne Ellington. What do you got, Raj? <laughs> Wayne Ellington, game time three in the Dallas game. Against Dallas. Um, That's what I have too. That's the only one. (laughs) I had an honorable mention that he looked kind of good in that Indiana game on the road that won that Chris Duarte tied and went into overtime. 
but no, it's, it's the game tying three against Dallas, similar to that Danny green game tying three, you know, in the corner and a regulation. Then we end up winning in overtime to North Carolina guys, but yeah, that's when Ellington sign I hope to never see you on the Lakers again after this year. Oh, wow. Uh, next up, Kent Bazemore. Chop wood, carry water. I enjoyed his tweets. I thought, yeah. you know, he's it's been positive energy all, all year. Standing just, up, cheering. I just have question marks on mine. I couldn't remember a single basketball thing that I liked about Kent Bazemore. He was always cheering. You're right. That's that's a good thing. The one guy who didn't succumb to our terrible, terrible morale this year was Kent Bazemore. So kudos. Uh, after that, the, the fulcrum of the Lakers offseason, Trevor Ariza. What do you got, Raj? Wow. Yeah. I just remember like the hype around his return um, mm-hmm. and trying to come I was back. Hyped. And, uh, Sabrina, <laughs> I wrote that for Trevor Ariza to come back for 13 <laughs> years. <laughs> I wrote this season didn't happen. Like I'm not remembering this Trevor Ariza. Like mm-hmm. this is not happening. Trevor Ariza left the Lakers in 2009 Nine, and yeah. never came back to play. He was a... <laughs> He was an honorable, you know, return at games sometimes. Like, that's what he was this season. I thought he was good in that that Clipper game, that AD almost game winner game. Uh, Melo got hurt early in that game, and they just had to bring Trevor Reese off ice. And I was like, oh, so this is the guy that we were trying to, you know, hype up all year. I think, I think for T. Riz, like, what I'm going to remember is the tweets. Just, like, season doesn't start until Reese is healthy. <laughs> that's what I'm going to remember about Trevor Reese. Uh, number 14 in minutes on the 21-22 Los Angeles Lakers, DeAndre Jordan. I'm fine just skipping this one. <laughs> Best moment was when the Lakers waved him. Immediately picked up and then had a game against us. Uh, oh, God. But, uh... Yeah. Just I was never in favor of it. I feel completely justified in that decision, and I will prefer to just forget about it that it ever happened. Um, number 15, DJ Augustine. Tremendously better DJ. <laughs> I would like to bring him back next year, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, he played well. He spaced the floor. He was what Wayne Ellington was supposed to be. Like, like he... I, don't, I don't see us being able to pay Malik Monk. So just like keep DJ as some spot up shooting off the bench. 34 year old, six foot, six foot um, DJ just Augustine. A guy off the bench. I'm not asking for much. <laughs> he shot well. I appreciated well. DJ Augustine. He had that yeah. perfect game against Cleveland, you know, seven or oh, seven yes. from the field. We were down mm-hmm. double digits in the first quarter as we were every game for the last three months of the Lakers season. And he helped bring us back. It was a good win. That win on March 21st, last win to date of this Lakers season. <laughs> I had hopes. <laughs> uh, next, next, number 16 in minutes, Rajon Rondo. Anything uh, you remember about Rondo part uh, two on the Lakers? I remember that, uh, you know, I remember that game where LeBron uh, hit, uh, I forgot his name, but in Detroit, um, he had the oh, he Isaiah had Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. Yes. Um, LeBron went out and I remember Lakers Twitter was already really upset about Rondo playing that year. And he had a few like DMPs and then LeBron went out and Rondo immediately went in the game. So that was my like only memory of Rondo really basketball wise this season. It was so bad that Rondo asked to leave. Like, Absolutely. I think that should have been that should have been a little louder. Like, I was just like, oh, Rondo wanted to go to a young, uh, you know, up and coming team. Like, <laughs> that should have been a little louder. I, should I guess. have been an indicator of what was happening here. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I don't have any basketball memories of him either. I remember him hazing Austin Reeves by making him buy candles on the road, uh, which is just so weird. <laughs> but I love it. And then another Austin Reeves adjacent moment was when Reeves hits that game winner against Dallas. Rondo's just waving goodbye to the crowd. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> uh, because just probably the worst experience of his NBA career came in Dallas. I think his name is on the floor in Dallas, unless Mark Cuban was, uh, you know, mm. petty and decided not to include him among all the other Mavericks whose names are listed on that court. But yeah, we really should have thought more of the fact that Rondo wanted out because Rondo to is- Cleveland. You want to leave LA for Cleveland. He can handle the most combustible of situations. And he was like, nah, not the Lakers. (laughs) Not this one. No. All right. And last but not least, the only other player to play more than five games this year for the Lakers, Wendell Gabriel. Another, I think, universal positive, but just a little little smaller sequence. He only played 16 games. What's your favorite Wendell Gabriel moment this year, Raj? Wendell Gabriel moment. I guess like when... uh... He started to start at center, or I think he started at center a few times, mm-hmm. and he was our savior. We thought, you know, Wenyan, <laughs> we thought Wenyan, Stanley, and AD would like play together, and that would be a combination. And it just never happened. 
his minutes got cut down uh, once AD went back. So what was that lineup you and I discussed that I had said that I really wanted to see? Uh, oh yes. And- it was, was it uh, like... LeBron. It was LeBron, AD, Stanley, Wenyon, and Monk. Uh, I think and Monk. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we never got to see never it. Never got it. <laughs> he had that great first quarter against Toronto. Mm-hmm. In Toronto, just awesome, awesome scoring performance. Um, another game that he started. Uh, I I just really liked him. I remember the the one game that I went to in LA after he had joined the team. Every time he did something, like the crowd was really happy, and like the crowd was like not happy about most things that happened in that game. So I like Wenyan. Um, I can't believe how many conversations we had about like how much we needed to convert him off of his two ways so he could play for us in the play-in. It's no longer a point of conversation, but I hope he sticks around. I like him. Me too. I think as a backup big, he's got some juice, and like clearly that was a position that the Lakers failed to address during last off season. So I would like to keep them around. I think there is some value to be had here. Yeah. He represents kind of like what this team needs, I guess. Like they just need, you know, young bigs who run the floor and play hard and can occasionally space the floor. I mean, if I didn't really see him catch too many lobs, but like, to be fair, mm-hmm. like Russ doesn't throw great lobs. So um, I would like to see that part of his game explored a little bit more <laughs> as a rim running roller, as a rim uh, runner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you, I mean, we did this draft of previous Lakers. I missed JaVale McGee quite a bit. <laughs> the picture that he and Dwight took the other day, you know, before the Suns game and the Lakers posted it on Twitter. And I'm thinking like the cognitive dissonance for the Lakers to post a picture of JaVale McGee with all of our problems at the center position this year. Just asking for it, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know, I know this is a, a terrible, terrible Lakers season, probably the most disappointing season I've ever experienced in my lifetime. Maybe the most disappointing season for any contender in modern NBA history, but you know, we, we spend so much time with this team. We still love the Lakers. I'd like to, you know, to think about some good things now and then. So I'm glad that you indulged me in this little exercise for the last hour. So thank you, Rosh. <laughs> Yeah, this is all like stuff like if you had this in the summer, people would bring up light, right? If this was like the optimistic look yeah. at it, you'd go through each one of these players and think like, oh, this is what they could be. And we got yeah. very tiny stints of them, but tiny, know, tiny. Player, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, in my wildest pessimistic proclamations, <laughs> I could not have seen the season going like this. I could not have seen it that we would just be completely writing it off with three games left like even as it's happening, I still think that like, it's really the Lakers aren't going to make the play in. (laughs) That's really what's happening. It's the lowest of bars and we're not going to clear quite believe it. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, Quick summer. We're going to the summer. So yeah. Chance to chance to fix it. Is there like, we have no draft picks. We have (laughs) no assets to trade. (laughs) How is it going to fix I remain just befuddled at Christian Rivas saying that like, yeah, the Lakers could get better right away again. How, how is it happening? Is John Wall somehow going to like turn into 2015 John Wall again? Probably not. No, we'll see. Anyway, um, the Lakers play, what is it? The Oklahoma city thunder tomorrow. Or is that on play the Warriors? Warriors tomorrow. Play the Warriors tomorrow. Yes. Warriors on national television. Just that's what everybody wants is a game with the Lakers without LeBron James, potentially without Anthony Davis against the Warriors. That Stephen Curry, who else knows who's going to sit in that game? <laughs> Just the best possible basketball you could put on TNT at the end of a regular season, a real, real primer for the postseason. That's what everyone wants to see. Give Austin Reeves 30 minutes, uh, let him run pick and rolls, and uh, let's. Let's build if for AD's gonna year. play. Let's do some Malik Monk AD pick and rolls. That's what I want to see. Okay, yeah. I'm I mean, I'm gonna be too. watching it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I 100 percent am gonna be watching <laughs> Unless Anthony Davis doesn't play, in which case I will watch the first quarter and then probably bow it after that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We have nothing to play for, which is so sad for me. Like if we have just... nothing to play for. Will you still be re-watching them? <laughs> what the people want to know (laughs) 
feel like I shouldn't answer these questions publicly anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, on that note, thank you all for listening to I Love Basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast for multiple shows about the Lakers every day of the week, even as we head into this pivotal, pivotal offseason. Yeah, 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 yeah